You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Have you ever thought about seeking and serving God? Did you know that God calls every believer to serve Him? Every believer has a purpose and a mission in life. So if that's something that piques your interest, then this podcast will be for you. Welcome back, friends. I'm so glad you joined us today. And today I'm joined with my beautiful friend, Shonda Longo. Hello, Shonda. Good morning, Lisa. I'm so excited about this talk. So this week is our one-year anniversary of Faith with Friends podcast, and it just warms my soul. I can't believe it. I can't believe it was longer than a year that you were started talking about this. I know. That's where I really wanted to start. The fact that the Lord had put this little nugget in my heart to do a podcast. And then I wasn't sure it was the right time. And I waited a few, almost a half a year. And then God moved in a way that I was like, you know what? This is the time. And I shared it with a few of my prayer partners. And then I picked a date. And from that date, which was 11-11-2020, to the date that I actually launched it, 11-11-2021, I'm ashamed to say that I dragged my feet for an entire year. (laughs) I remember sitting on my patio and you saying, so I'm thinking about doing a podcast and, you know, just like, you know how we sit and talk and we do like our Zoom prayer and we, you know, just something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. And you're like, great, because you're going to be a part of it. And like, well, I didn't think that was a great idea. I just (laughs) thought it was a great idea for you. (laughs) And that is the basis of this podcast today. Why is it that we think it's so great for other people to do it? Great, you should do it. But then when it comes, when the Lord says, no, you do it. And you're like, wait, me? No. You know, you always hear people say, God told me to do it. And I immediately said, no. No, I didn't say no. I was like, I'm willing. But then I just couldn't do it. I couldn't overcome myself enough to do it. And I think that's what happened to everybody in our group. I was like, okay, you're in. We're going to do a podcast. And they're like, what, wait, what, what? That's right. not my gift. No, we all have a gift. And the gift is to share God's love, what we receive. So today we're going to be talking about two different aspects of serving God. And both of them include seeking God because you cannot give what you have not received. Amen. So part one is our circle of influence. So the people just stop for a minute and a lot of people think I want to go to Africa and I want to be a missionary and I want to serve God. And I think that's wonderful. And God can guide and provide every step of the way, but we're all called to serve God right now, right where we are in the circle that you are in, which means look around. Right. Who are the people that you interact with every day? Who are the people that you think about, pray about? Who are the people that God has placed in your life? And then think of a bigger circle. Who is God calling you to step out in faith, to reach out, to jump the fence, to chase after a little bit? Who are those people? Right. And it's also who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? So that, you know, I mean, that's, I think for me as a believer for so many years, I see my life growing exponentially the more intimate my circle became with other believers, you know, having that circle around you so that you can be effective is very, very important. I agree. And we are called to be in this world and not of this world. I'm going to read John 17, 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, 
but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who believe, who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow, that is a handful right there. Okay, so let's break it down. First of all, how do we serve our circle of influence? And it starts off right there with prayer. Prayer the protection from the evil one. And then reminding ourselves that we are in this world, but we're not from this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And then allowing ourselves to surrender to the process of sanctification, just being more like Jesus. Allowing God to do the work in us, to purify us and sanctify us, make us more like him. And then there's this beautiful part of scripture that calls for unity and being one. I think that's a good little side note. There are some people that it's hard to be one with. It is. And there are Christians that have broken relationships, broken friendships. Reading a commentary on some of these, the verses about unity and being an influence to somebody for the gospel, you have to be in prayer. And I think a lot of Christians and myself included, I mean, I know the furthest, the furthest that I'm, that I am away from God and the, um, the usefulness I am to God is dependent on my prayer life. Absolutely. No, you have to be tethered to God and you can't do it without being tethered to him through prayer and the studying of his word. Right. And I think that knowing that we're all going to make mistakes and other people are going to make mistakes and knowing that all relationships are not always restored, but being able to walk in forgiveness as long as it belongs to you, somebody can still be actively trying to harm you. It is our job daily to bring those hurts to the cross yeah, and sit with Jesus and allow him so that we don't react likewise, but we can respond by offering forgiveness. Right. And, and, that, and is, that is really sounds very pretty, but it's a very hard, hard thing, especially when you've been hurt. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, God says to um, that you're, you're not, don't even bring your prayers to me. If you have, a, if you're, you're not forgiving somebody, right. don't, don't, don't come to me with this, you know, you know, all of these beautiful words and this act of, um, of love for me when you have hate in your heart for somebody else or anger or bitterness or, yeah. cause it all takes root and grows. Right. And at the end of the day, if we cannot forgive as we have been forgiven, if we cannot move on and stop responding, reacting, feeding into that kind of drama, then we lose our influence. Absolutely. We lose our influence because I want to look at other people that are ahead of me that are doing things even, even because, you know, it's easy to look at somebody who's never had conflict with other people. I don't know who they are, but who pretend (laughs) like they've never had conflict and say, I want to be like them. But when you can see somebody who's been, who's made mistakes, who's been beaten down, you know, torn apart, and they put one step in front of the other, not going to allow the enemy to win, even in our churches, even in our small groups, even in our friend circles. No, 
We're going to keep serving God, loving God, but we have to do that from a place of forgiveness. Even if the relationship is somewhat severed or severed altogether, there are relationships that are severed and you have to just surrender that it says as far as it belongs to you and allow that to be. But if you're stuck there and you're still bitter about it and angry about it and, and participating in it, then you can't serve God because the Bible clearly says that you cannot serve two masters. So it's either going to be yourself and what you want to do and what you want to get out of it, or it's going to be, I'm going to serve God in this circle of influence. And God might bring an extra person and take another person out. And that's okay because it's, it's where God is going to use us. And he knows where we're going to be the most fruitful in that service of him. But number one definitely is having that deep abiding relationship with God. And that's so hard. It really is. It's not something that is easy to attain. You know, I mean, and in that prayer, it, it also, God also says, or Jesus also says, you know, I'm going to, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for those that have never seen that are believing without seeing. And so it's hard sometimes, especially as a new believer, even as an, as a mature believer, it's hard to pray to somebody that you're not sitting in front of or speak or having a conversation or a relationship with somebody you can't see, touch, hear, smell, all of the, that touches yes. all the five senses. Yeah. It's very difficult. However, it is something that will change your life, will make you grow and will make you an effective daughter of, and, and son of the most high God. And, you know, I love that you said that because we've talked about this in previous podcasts, everybody is called to pray, but there are some given the gift and the ministry of prayer. Everybody is called to give, but there are some given a gift of giving generously, even mercy. Everybody is called to evangelize, but there are some that have a gift of evangelizing. So as you're seeking to serve God, what are your gifts and how can you, how can you build that gift first? being rooted and established on the foundation of Christ Jesus and biblical truth, and then be that branch that reaches out and shares that gift with others, teaches that gift with others. I love, love, love our prayer group. Yes. Because we all come together and we pray and we all have different ways of expressing ourselves as we talk to God together. And I hear some people saying, oh, I don't pray out loud, or I'm not good at that, or that person's better at that than me. And I'm like, you know, God just wants your heart. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want fancy words. As a matter of fact, I'd say somebody who comes with a bunch of fancy words and they're thinking about their grocery list, God would prefer you to say, help me, Lord, I need you on your knees with a broken heart crying out to him. Amen. Amen. And, and, and like you said, everybody has their gifts. Not everybody has the gift of being able to do a podcast like you, Lisa, but you do have, a, you know, God, God will equip you and lead you in a place where he's going to, you're going to be the most effective. But we, like we said before, it all begins on your knees before God asking him to make you effective Yeah, and help you be effective. I heard a quote the other day. And it said, sympathy is feeling bad for somebody and empathy is feeling their pain, but compassion is feeling their pain, sitting with them and be willing to do anything to help them get through it. Wow. And so part of serving in your circle is looking for the pain points because that's usually where God has a softening of the heart where they'll let you in, where they'll let you come a little closer because most of us, on a daily basis, we all have things to do. We all have families. We all have, you know, our list that need of burdens, let's just say. So when you can slow down for a minute 
and notice somebody's in pain, suffering, and you can walk with that person. I mean, I can say that there are so many people that when I've gone through different traumas in my life, whether it be my parents' divorce, you know, marital issues, problems with my kids, cancer, cancer, helping other, you know, the next generation, my, my mother-in-law, my grandfather, whatever it is, there are so many people that just kind of came up alongside of me and started walking. And before you know, you're leaning on them and you don't really realize when that happened because I'm a strong, independent person. But God has provided these people and said, these are a safe place where you can lean and get some rest and they're going to carry you in prayer. Right. And you might want to go and build wells in Africa. And I think that's wonderful and it's needed. And God uses the physical to get to the spiritual, but just be aware of the people around you and the pain that they're in and show up, yeah. show up with compassion, show up, not trying to fix them or the situation, just offering a shoulder to lean on or cry on, but also showing up with a pair of knees that will bend and lock arms with them and pray moving forward with them. Yeah. Yep. And slowing down and just like you said, being aware of what's going on around you, the hurt that's going on around you because it's everywhere, especially this day and age. There's so much pain and there's always that one person that doesn't have to be, you know, people will say, well, I don't, you know, I don't know a lot about the Bible or like you said, I can't pray well or whatever your I can't is God can and God will mm -hmm. if you're available you're just available and say, God, you know, it doesn't have to be these deep words. You can just share, you know, God changed my life. Let the conversation flow from that. That's right. very easy to start a conversation in that. And if the conversation doesn't start, then it's, you know, the Holy Spirit's leading you in a different direction. And I just want to say, if there's somebody listening right now and you are thinking, I would love to have a prayer group like that. I'm going to give you a few quick ways to do it. First of all, Pray and ask God to show you, to give you one woman that will come alongside of you and help you. One person. Then schedule it. You know what? Let's do it on this day. Let's do it on Thursday morning, once a month, whenever, whenever the Lord puts in your heart. Pick a friend. First pray. Ask God to help you pick a friend. Pick a day. Buy some yogurt and some fruit and some juice. And if you want to have coffee... And that's it. You don't have to spend $500 making a huge spread. Just offer a little something and then begin to pray that God would bring you people that have a need and a burden or a desire to learn how to pray or a desire just to know God better and then invite them. Now, know that nobody might show up and that's okay right. because that means the Holy Spirit is showing up to teach you something. But maybe three people come and you guys welcome them you offer them some drinks and some coffee or some fruit and then you just say let's talk a little bit about our prayer requests if they're personal they don't have to say their prayer requests. they can just write their name and then sit down in a circle and then you and your friend lead and if they're not comfortable praying that's okay then you guys take the cards and pray for it and as you continue to do that faithfully the holy spirit does something inside of the heart of women that bring us together and bond us together as you love God and love each other. So that's yes. just a side note. That one's free. Money back guarantee. Yep. <laughs> money back guarantee. It's so true. <laughs> but how many times have you seen that God brings the right people at the right time for the right purpose? 
Yes. And when God is threading together or weaving together the the threads amongst a group of prayer partners, whether they be men or women meeting together, it is profound. It is intimate. It is crazy awesome. Like corporate prayer is so beautiful. You know, like you sometimes, like it took me years. I was, we, Lisa and I both served in, in a Bible study for years that you did that every morning and you prayed corporately. And I remember the first few times I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to say anything out loud. Cause that I'm so nervous to say it out loud, but then you're, you feeling prompted. Like the Holy spirit's like engage, engage, engage. And it, it is beautiful. I love it. I love our prayer group. Love. The other thing that you definitely need in your circle of influence is a heart ready to forgive because ladies, ladies are imperfect and everybody's going to step on each other's toes, say the wrong thing, um, be insensitive at times. You just have to know your crowd and pray through it, forgive quickly and move on and turn the page and just continue to look at what God has given me. I can offer others, but right. I love what you said about forgiving and about praying out loud. We, It's all about ourselves. And that's why, although we are serving God in our circle of influence, we do it for an audience of one. Amen. Which is really comforting because you only have, you know, you just, it's just, you're not in this big group of like having to go before to bo- before a board of all these different personalities. It's literally the, uh, an audience of one. And he is merciful and gracious and loving. And he has chosen you as his daughter or you as his son. And that's so comforting. I mean, if you go before your mom and dad, sometimes you're a little nervous, right? Especially if you're like, but if, I mean, it's so much easier if you're just talking to your mom instead of your mom and your dad or your dad, instead of your dad and your mom, it's like, Hey, can I do this one thing? It's a lot less intimidating. (laughs) Well, this is just woven throughout the word of God woven throughout. There's never a place in the Bible that he says, but look at your neighbor and what they're doing. No, it's, not to compare, not to covet or want the gift of somebody else, not to covet or want the friends of somebody else, not to covet or want the position of somebody else. It is to serve God with all your heart. I remember when I started the podcast, my pastor, Pastor Raz from Calvary Chapel, Miami, gave me great advice. He gave me a great word from God. I said, he said, oh, how's the podcast coming along? And I said, Pastor Raz, it's slowly growing. I think I have like 12 downloads, you know, and he told me, well, let me ask you something. If there were 12 people showing up at your house every week for you to talk to them about God, would you be thankful? And I was like, yes. And he said, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the numbers. You're doing it for God. Do it faithfully for God and he will bless you. And I can remember a time when that became a reality for me. I was in um, parent teacher Christian fellowship at my children's school. And over the summer, I went and bought little index cards for everybody, all the women that served in the PTCF. And I gave them out and I did this wonderful presentation. And I said, every week, we're going to pick one Bible verse and you're going to memorize it every week. You're going to ask God to write it on your heart. You're going to put it in your mirror. You're going to recite it. You're going to ask your friends to read it with you. You're going to share it with your kids. It's going to be wonderful. But then when school starts again, we're going to come back together. And then we're going to share what we learned all summer long. Well, little did I know that I was the only one. I think I was the only one that did it. 
I was so upset. I check in with them. What are you learning this week? They're like, oh, I really haven't started yet. The kids are home. And I was, I was upset. I was disappointed. I was like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Aren't you guys hungry for God's word? Well, let me tell you what God did. I continued to do it throughout the summer. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I did it because of hunger of God or to prove my point. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I did it. And on July 25th, I got diagnosed with cancer. <sighs> and that night I laid in my bed and I remember this is a true story and please, I'm not weird. Well, I am weird, but I'm not weird like this, but I'm just gonna tell the story and just allow God to minister. However, don't judge me. I laid in bed. The next morning when I woke up, my arms hurt like I had been fighting because I didn't sleep all night. I literally wrestled with the enemy. I heard like the enemy comes and you hear all these intrusive thoughts about cancer and illness and, and being alone and suffering and surgeries. And do you know that every attack that came to my mind, I had a Bible verse that I had memorized throughout the summer to fight it with. There wasn't one accusation that the enemy threw at me that I could not stand on. As far as even the hair on my head is counted and not one hair will fall without God. Look at the, the sparrows. Do they not eat and drink? And aren't you more valuable than them? Or I believe that if you wait, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm talking about scripture unto scripture, something I had no idea what was God was preparing me for. It was for an audience of one. God was like, you're going to learn these scriptures. This is between you and me. It has nothing to do with a group of women. It is between you and me. And little did I know that there would be a night that all of those promises of God would come flowing back to my heart and give me the strength to get up the next morning and face what I needed to face and carried me through really a year of treatment and surgeries and, and everything else. And those who know my story know that a month later, my mother-in-law was diagnosed and that was my circle of influence at the time. I have been through this. I'm going to help you and I'm going to serve you, serve God through serving her and loving her through every doctor appointment, through every chemotherapy, through every, you know, everything. But God really taught me like he takes your face and he holds it right in front of you, right in front of his face. And he speaks directly to your heart when we apply the word of God to our lives and to our hearts. It changes us. It really does. There's nothing like it. God says that his word will not come back void. And oh my goodness, that is like a very um, applicable and real exercise in that truth because it's yeah. so true. And you have to know God's word to remind God of his promises. God does not need any reminder. It's more for us to say, God, remember you said, like you said, you know, you're, um, for me, it's Exodus 14, 14. Um, you know, you, you don't need to fight God is with you. You just be still. Isaiah 41, 10, um, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen uphold you with my righteous right hand. Like those are the things like many times in my life that I've dealt with very difficult seasons in my marriage and with my children and with my health of like, God, remember this verse. You sewed this into the fabric of my heart. You made me memorize this verse. So I'm reminding you, I know that you're holding me. So remind me that you're here. Okay, so let me just read a few verses that are perfect for this. First Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen to that verse. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Colossians 3, 23 through 24, whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you are received, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And I think that that verse is so great because I, for me, I live where I live is a very um, worldly place to live. Um, there's a lot, a lot of worldly thinking. I mean, obviously everywhere, but here it seems a little more prevalent. Um, and the things that I do I, I want people to see the reason behind it, which is because of, because I love Jesus, because I want to bring not glory to myself um, or, or anything that I do, but because I love Jesus. So I want my light to shine to others because nothing else except that I love the Lord. And I love the verse that says, we're called to be a light in the darkness. We're not called to be a light because I love to be around all my friends that are light. They bring light to my life, but we're called to let our light shine out of the darkness. Amen. Because his light has sh shown in, a, in, wait, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, let light shine out of the darkness has shown in the hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a minute. Everything we do, this is, this is the, the ruler that we should live by. Am I doing this for my glory? Or God's glory and if we're honest a lot of it like I want to look good I want to sound good I want to you know be good but when we can die to ourselves and say Lord I'm willing to look foolish sound foolish I'm willing to get up and dust myself off and continue walking on because I want people to know you and I want your light to shine on me it's like the moon the moon cannot create its own light the the moon has no power source the moon is there simply to reflect the light of the sun amen and we are called simply to reflect the light of the sun. But if we don't spend time with the son of God, Jesus Christ, if we don't spend time in his word, if we don't spend time in prayer, then we have no light to give. It's an artificial light. It's just like that, you know, you put you you have to be plugged in. There was an exactly. analogy in a, in a sermon that I heard, like if you aren't plugged in, it depends on what source you're plugged into. If you're plugged into yourself, you're going to eventually die. It's, you know, the battery's going to die. You're, you're not capable, but if you're plugged into the source, which is God through prayer and the studying of his word, you will be, you will give, it will give you what you need. And it's the, the only source that's going to give you the, the power to do what only God can do. Not Shonda, not Lisa, only God. So what are some ways that we can check our hearts to make sure that we are living for his glory for an audience of one? First of all, cover your ears. I, I try very hard not to listen to the compliments and even harder not to listen to the negativity. Now I'm very open to constructive criticism and I have a few great friends who will tell me, you can talk slower, you can do this, you... I, I, you know, they, they'll give me constructive criticism, but if you listen to the applause, it becomes about you. And if you mm -hmm. listen too much of critical people just trying to tear you down, that's the enemy's tool to make it about you. Yep. Because the Bible says that he uses the foolish to confound the wise. And it says that he equips 
you. We don't come to him and say, look at all these, look at everything I can do. Surely you I... want to use me. No, we come to him and say, you've given me this gift, this understanding, this desire to serve you in this way. So here I am, send me. Amen. It's so true because it is so easy to give into that wrong thinking of this, this is about me, whether that's like you said, applause or criticism. And like you said, you have a few friends and I do, I do as well that can, um, you know, we both have children, so they're really quick to point out when we're not doing things or when we're, Oh, oh yes, they are. <laughs> they are, they are our biggest cheerleaders at times and our biggest critics. <laughs> yes. It is so true. I remember there was a football game that I went to when my son was little. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I said because I've repented since then. But four kids from the other team got my son into a corner and they were fighting him. And he was alone and his team couldn't get to him. And I always took pictures on the sideline. So I was always on the sideline of the team and team mom. And I went over and grabbed a little kid and said some, a few very, not very nice things that I'm not very proud of. And nothing happened. Everybody, they separated them. The coaches came. It was fine. Everybody, nobody was hurt. My son went back to playing. We had a great game. We end up winning. My whole family piles into my husband's truck and we're halfway home and we're talking about where we're going to eat. And my son says, so I heard what you said to that kid. And I went, what? What? Um, what? And he goes, mommy, what did you say? And I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Listen, my son called me out and you know what? I'm glad he did. I'm glad that we are raising kids that can see when we're wrong, recognize it and call us out because I'm not trying to raise people pleasing children. I'm trying to play, raise kids that will love God and honor God and find, be able to see truth and be able right. to see when it's not true. And he saw something that was not God honoring and the little Boy, Buddy. called me out in front of my entire family. <laughs> Again, that's your circle of influence. That's you know, my circle of influence. <laughs> and part of a circle of influence is not being perfect. Yes. It is being able to fall and get back up. It's modeling. There is a lost gift of taking responsibility and repenting in, in this world. And God will allow all of us to make big, ugly mistakes. And then he watches. Are we going to overlook it? Are we going to jump over it, go under it, go around it, or walk through it? Like, how many, how many times can we make the same mistake? And God is just saying, just repent. Yeah. Just, every time you forgive, just repent. He's already paid the price on the cross. Right. So when we can model that and say, listen, I did this wrong. I regret doing this. I'm going to take responsibility without pointing fingers at other people that may or may not influence that mistake. I'm not going to defend myself to just take responsibility, ask God to forgive you, ask the other person to forgive you and move on. Guess what? There might be somebody in your small group or your circle of influence that gets that. I'm sorry. I hurt you. That has never gotten that before. And it might be life changing for that person. Yeah. And it might be an example of the next time they mess up for them to turn around and say, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I, I regret doing that. I'm sorry. I did that. It's true. My kids, I remember saying that, or I think it was my daughter that said, you know, um, it was, it was either my daughter or my son, but they said, you know, I, I appreciate that you were always willing to say you're sorry. And 
And I'm thinking in my head, gosh, I did not want to say sorry. It, it, may, it may have looked, I mean, I'm glad that you appreciate it because let me tell you, sometimes it was me crawling, uh, doing a bear crawl, you know, like pulling myself. Yes. I'm sorry. Staring it through gritted teeth. But I knew that those things matter to me if somebody is, especially as a parent. So maybe that's where it starts for you. Right. Maybe yeah. that's where it starts for you in, in the context of your home your, your husband and your children or your wife and your children or your grandchildren, um, your nieces and your nephews, you know, that model, that behavior there to see how hard it is and, and, and perfect it so that you can go out and do it in your, um, in the outer circles of your life. So I think really what we've been talking about as we see, seek to serve God is it's really our relationship with God that matters most. It's not the platform that you use. It's not how many followers you have. It's not about how good you behave. It's about the condition of your heart and your relationship with God. Right. It is. It, it, it always starts there. It, the, the closer you are, um, the closer you are to the Lord, the easier you're going to forgive, the easier you're going to obey the, you know, all of those things flow from a heart tethered to the Lord. Right. And taking your eyes off of self and placing them on God helps you to take that first step. What is he calling you to do? Where is he calling you to serve him? Yes, he is calling you to make the beds, maybe. I don't know. To fix the lunches if you have small kids, to cook dinner if you have a big family. He's calling you to serve your family. But take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Although that's our first ministry is to God and our family. So if your ministry is causing you to be out of your house six days a week and not spending time with your family, you might want to pray about that and reconsider because your first ministry, ladies, is to the Lord himself. And then as you serve his family, your family that he's given you, and then others in your church. But even think further than your church. Where's Where are your people? Where are the people that God is bringing alongside of you so that you can shine a light for Jesus on him. Amen. Amen. I, I, I was, uh, I served in a ministry, um, under a missions pastor for, for several years. And I remember I was so sad because I really wanted to go on this mission trip and I couldn't go. And he told me, listen, your biggest mission field is your, is your, your home. Yeah. When you go and you shut that front door, that's your mission field for right now. So maybe some of you are in that, in that season of life that I'm is long gone for me, which I wish I was still there, but you know, or maybe it's you, you know, you're raising your grandchildren or whatever it looks like it. That's where it starts is home. And remember that we have the help of the Holy spirit. You have the help of the Holy spirit, wherever, whatever area he's calling you to serve in. And in John 17, again, verse 20, it says, wait, we read this one. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read it again. Remember that Jesus prayer was not for them alone, but prayed for all who would believe in them through their message. Why do we share our gifts and talents that God has given us with other people so that they will see Jesus, not so they will see us, but so they will see Jesus and so that they will come to a salvation knowledge of God so that they can surrender their lives to God so that then they can take their gifts and God given talents to serve others so that they may come to know Jesus. You see the pattern? Right, exactly. God's plan is a good one. It really is. <laughs> so if you think your, your, uh, your calling is for a podcast, listen, DM me and I'll help you because I promised myself when I, when I finally realized, okay, I'm gonna do this, 
which I'm just going to say this. The reason I finally decided after a year of procrastinating and, and saying I'm not going to do it or being afraid of what others would say or think was because I heard another podcast. And the podcast that I heard was not God-honoring. It actually was against God. And that day, I prayed about it. And I said, my goodness, these are the kind of podcasts that are out here. And God told me, they're not ashamed to talk about what they're talking about. But you're afraid to talk about me. Wow. And that day was my deciding factor. It was almost a year to the date. It was November 7th. And I was like, November 11th is go day. A year to the day almost, God showed me what, what's going out there in the world. And why wouldn't we want to use our voice to, about Jesus? Every download that comes on to my podcast is somebody that gets to sit and hear us talk about God and talk about Jesus. And we hope and pray that you don't just think that we're wonderful people and great speakers and have knowledge, but we hope and when you pray that you go, you know, I, I want a little bit of understanding like that. I want to know God's word like that. I want to encourage others and build others up. And I want to be able to walk with God and know him and make him known. Amen. Love that. Well, thank you all for joining us today for this podcast as we just talk about serving God in your circle of influence, in your sphere of influence, and also serving God onto God for his glory as an audience of one. The only one whose opinion matters is God's. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Shonda, for joining me again. I can't wait till next time. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?